0: I'm Logan Crawford and right now on Spotlight, Karen Zacchetti's memoir, Unconditional Love, A True Love Story is a heart-wrenching tale of love, betrayal, and resilience. The book recounts Karen's journey as she moves from Rhode Island to South Florida driven by a whirlwind romance with Peter, a charming yet troubled man. Her dream quickly turns into a nightmare due to Peter's alcoholism, infidelity, and attention-seeking behavior. We're delighted to have this very talented author join us here today on Spotlight. We thank our team at Atticus Publishing for helping us put her in the spotlight today. We ask viewers like you to support writers like her by subscribing to our channel and by purchasing her wonderful book. The links are below this interview. Karen, great to see you here today on Spotlight.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: This is an amazing story. It is nonfiction, but reads like a novel, which of course is what makes it so intriguing. Um, What was it like for you going down memory lane and reliving all of this stuff when you went to put it on paper?
1: Well, I have to admit, I was somewhat resistant when I first began to put this story on paper. I knew in my heart that I had a story to tell, but there was a little bit of resistance because even though it has the initial allure of falling in love, it also has the heartbreaking moments of uh, the loss Mm. and the painful times as well. So there was resistance, but I had some inner conflict about it. And so I prayed about it. I went to God and I, I prayed about this decision and I felt led in my spirit to move forward with this. I felt God wanted me to move forward. And so I contacted the publisher, at Chris, and I said, hey, I'm ready to go. Hmm. And there was still a little procrastination looming, even though I was ready to sign the contract. Hmm. And I'll never forget his words. He said, Karen, he said, write it while it's fresh in your heart. And so I did. And little did I know that writing this would be so cathartic. It would be a part of my journey of healing. But then I could also help others heal as well.
0: Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your journey with Peter uh, and that part of the story.
1: Sure. Okay. Yes. So I had met, the story takes place, the setting starts in 2010. I was living in Southern Rhode Island. Peter was living in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, We had met online. It was a long distance relationship. We... um, He felt certain that I was the one he proposed marriage to me after a four-month courtship. Mm. Uh, I flew down to be with Peter. And after I got there, um, I discovered that Peter had a dark side to him Mm. and that he was not the prince that I had hoped to marry.
0: Yeah. And the dark side included alcoholism, eventually cheating on you. And uh, just uh, very negative behavior as well. How long were you in the relationship with him until it fell apart?
1: Uh, so we were living together for two and a half months in Boca Raton, And I also discovered that um, he was reclusive. So he wasn't physically cheating on me, but he was having conversations, telling mm-hmm. women that he loved them. So there was this side that, He did not share the same core values that I did, and so we were together two and a half months, and then Peter ended the marriage proposal in a deceptive manner, and then right after that, I was betrayed by a family member, and so this plunged me into a very uh, dark and a lot of despair into this time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a, a depression or a funk or something like that. And
1: absolutely. Yeah, and,
0: and who would blame you? I mean, because you thought you, somebody, you thought you met somebody who was going to be the love of your life and it turned out to be just the opposite. Yes. And then you met Peter's brother, Mike, who seemed like he was 180 degrees different than Peter, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. So what had happened was, even though I'm in this place of darkness, God's light appears in the midst of the darkness and I received an unexpected gift. Um, A couple months after I had settled down, I had gotten my apartment and um, was in this beautiful apartment on the beach. It was just a temporary place, but I was seeing how God was opening doors. He was like a way maker there. It seemed like there was no light at the end of the tunnel. And I saw how God was moving people into my life and connecting me and Mike called me and, he said, I thought I told you to call me if you had any problems with my brother, Peter, because I was introduced to uh, Peter. And I thought, well, how could I call you? You're his brother. And after everything that had gone on. And so he showed a very caring, warm, sympathetic, very supportive side. And so we just began a friendship mm. for four months. There was no I was in an emotionally wounded place. Mm. There was no uh, romance. And he, too, had lost his father several months ago. And he was so this just organically moved as a friendship and then it blossomed into love.
0: Mm. But Mike had issues as well.
1: Yes. Uh, what happened was Mike, um, what really happened was, so Mike and I were moving forward. We had this beautiful dream of marriage, this unexpected gift of falling in love, which I really didn't even expect that to happen after, you know the abandonment of Peter's proposal. And so we uh, received a phone call from Detective Miller that Peter had, it appeared to have commit suicide. And this propelled Mike into a downward slope of alcoholism. Mm. And we're not talking about a couple of cocktails after dinner, we're talking about full-blown alcoholism. Mm. And This positioned me where I felt like I was racing against the clock to keep him alive. It was very um, disheartening to see someone that you had loved. And so his issues were, yeah, the alcoholism and it became where I felt like I needed to race to keep him alive.
0: Right, and also it was a one-two punch for him. He had lost his father and now he had lost his brother Um, he apparently was a heavy drinker, but then became an alcoholic when pushed over the edge like that. Um, your faith is what sustained you through all of this. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I share in my book, seven scriptural promises that anchored me during this very painful time in my life. Um, the number one scriptural promise is that God promises us that we shall never be alone. God promises that, and I want the reader to really understand that you do not have to go alone through this. Um, Please learn from my mistake. My mistake was that I kept it a secret. I didn't wanna share it with family and friends. I was trying to put the mask of perfection on. And really, it was God's presence. It was my faith, praying, but this scripture, Um, I will never leave you nor abandon you, even though I had people, as I mentioned previously, my um, family member as well as Peter, people who I thought I could trust were betraying and abandoning me. Hmm. God's love never abandoned me. And so my faith, I don't know how I would have made it through, honestly, without it. it. It anchored me in this darkest storm.
0: Yeah. So your book is called Unconditional Love, A True Love Story, That's not love for Peter, necessarily. It's not love for Mike, necessarily. It's the love of God, right?
1: It absolutely is. Yeah. I actually want to share with the reader that a lot of people think that I had this unconditional love towards Mike. And yes, there are times as humans, we can share unconditional love. But it's not the, the reason that you're absolutely correct that I entitled this book Unconditional Love was because of the love that God showed. And I wanted to honor God. I wanted to showcase the extraordinary love that I received during this time. So yes, that is absolutely correct.
0: Have you always been a person of great faith or is this something you found while struggling uh, with these bad relationships?
1: Uh, When I was younger, I was raised Presbyterian. Mm -hmm. I did have um, a strong foundation, you could say, of faith um, as a child. When I went to college, I stepped away from it. It wasn't until my late 30s that I came back into my faith. So my faith was already about seven or eight years renewed at that time. Uh, So, yeah, there was a time where I, I had left my faith and I had come back.
0: Yeah, I think that's true for most people. And it doesn't matter if you leave temporarily or put it aside or distracted by, you know, building a life, building a career, building relationships, as long as you come back to it eventually. You know, yes. you're given that gift of your parents perhaps taking you to church as a child and introducing you to the concepts of Christianity or Presbyterianism. But uh, to come back to your faith, I think almost means more than just accepting it and and keeping it you know what i mean because you made Mm -hmm. a decision to come back to your faith yes i did yeah yeah Mm -hmm.
1: and And, uh go ahead no i'm sorry i just wanted to share that uh i wanted to not only honor god but i also wanted to honor mike even though he had these issues and even though people see that okay he's this alcoholic and he became self-destructive to the point where he Um, had lost his life at the end of the story. Hmm. And so um, I just wanted to share with the reader that even though you're feeling alone, that God's love is there. It's there if you open your heart and you allow God into that area. That um, Mike was a really wonderful guy. And one of the other reasons I was inspired to write this story was, yes, first and foremost, honor God, but also... I wanted to have a a legacy, a remembrance of Mike. He had a really beautiful soul and he had a large heart. And so often in society, we tend to see the addict as an outcast or less than human, or we just discard them. And so it was really important to me that I brought this, um, that I lift the stigma of addiction and raise awareness through these mental health issues. And by doing so, Yes, I'm honoring Mike, but I also wanted to let us come to a place where we are not so judgmental and maybe displaying more compassion towards those because really they're not so different than we are. They're human beings in pain. And when we think about it, we all as humans experience pain and loss and we experience joy and happiness. And so we're not that different. So I believe the more we can talk openly about these mental issues, the more we can advance as a society, as a collective whole.
0: Absolutely, well said, um, without a doubt. Uh, Any one of us, given the right circumstances or the wrong circumstances, could fall into the fold of abusing drugs, abusing alcohol or whatever it is that we harm ourselves. Um, People turn to food, they overeat. Um, People are looking to nurture their souls. So I like the juxtaposition in your book as well. There's a better way, a more sincere way, a more fulfilling way to fulfill your soul. And that's, of course, by turning to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a great, great story. The name of Karen Sekeddie's book is called Unconditional Love, A True Love Story. It's an amazing tale. It reads like a novel. It's not a novel. It's true life. It's her story. It's a story of love, betrayal, resilience and perhaps most importantly, faith. Karen, thank you so much for joining us here today on Spotlight.
1: Thank you for having me. It's an honor to meet you.
0: Honored to meet you as well. The pleasure is all mine. And to the folks at home, I'm Logan Crawford, thanking you for your time this time. Until next time on Spotlight.